listener production. Strap yourselves in for a massive edition of the Footy Talk podcast on a Monday. We pump up the Crom, we pump up Port Adelaide, we pump up the Pies, we discuss the Blues. Tom Brown will be in with all things news, massive edition of the Footy Talk podcast coming up next. Footy Talk time for your Monday and joining me in studio, the hardest working woman in football Abby Holmes, welcome. Bless you. I love the fact that you got up uh, somewhere around 5am today to jump on the bird from Sydney down to Melbourne. I got up about half eight (laughs) and somehow you still have presented in better fashion than I have. Yeah, look, it was an early start. It's been a big weekend. I was Melbourne Friday, Brisbane Saturday, Sydney yesterday. But um, yeah, happy to be back and talking all things footy with you today. And I love the fact that when you go out and about and you go and travel around Australia doing your footballing commitments, you actually use your time on the plane. Yes, I've got something good for you today. And I'm very excited about (laughs) it. So you've gone away and you've come up with... A paragraph, a sentence about every team and what nine round yeah. nine taught you about yeah, them. Yeah, so I'll get stuck straight into Let's it. Go. This is what round nine taught me, okay? Brisbane, well, they can win in a multitude of different ways. Carlton are in trouble if they do not adjust. Collingwood, USA. And did we say that Nick Dacos is an absolute freak? Essendon, they have some tricks with Brad Scott at the helm, but they need their soldiers back. Frio, they finally gave us something to cheer about in their forward half. The Cats, first time in three years that they had the younger side and it showed. Gold Coast, Anderson, King, Ballard, Rao. These names can only send the Suns on the upward trajectory. GWS, no Toby, no Giants. Hawthorne, Young Hawks will have a crack. They won't just roll over. Melbourne, no chinks in their armour. They are the complete package. North Melbourne, Nick Larkey, a shining light. Port Adelaide, we're not talking about these guys enough. Six in a row and 14 individual goal kickers. Complete buy-in there. Richmond, the Tigers of old, but can they maintain the rage? St Kilda, Beaten at their own game with Adelaide kicking 85 points from turnover. Go the Crom. Sydney, ba-bow. Western Bulldogs, woof, woof. West Coast, they have, have they broken a mirror or, or walked in front of a black cat or, or whatever? Jack Darling, another one, another casualty to add to that injury list. But last but not least, Adelaide. Adelaide. And they will, oh, here we go. <laughs> Where the prize. My line on Adelaide, they are a very, very good side and they will punch you in the face as quick as a blink if you let them. And St Kilda, they absolutely let them. Firstly, congratulations. That was absolutely brilliant. <laughs> I was bored on the plane. Yes. Uh, I feel like there's a Daniel Radcliffe rap that he does to the A to the B. You know, that's uh, the song about that. Anyway, yes. I feel like next week maybe that's where we can go with that. Okay. Um, you want me but, to rap? Yeah, I do. The Crom have been absolutely fantastic <laughs> and a real surprise packet. We've touched on them a little bit, but they are absolutely humming. And that's the first time we've seen a side take it to the Saints, take their strengths away from them and absolutely exploit them in a dominant performance. I wish I went harder on this last week because I saw this one coming. Mm. Adelaide at Adelaide Oval, they are playing some quality footy. Their highest score under fourth year coach Matty Nix, what he's doing with this group is, is sensational. And the fourth time that this side has kicked 100 points or more this season. So just watching them, the way they go about it, they're, they're very similar to the Pies as well. In, in They're just enjoying their footy, aren't they? They're having a crack. The pressure that they applied on St yep. Kilda just to lock the ball in their forward half, particularly in that first quarter coming out with a 31-point advantage at the first break. 
I, I can't, I guess, go hard enough on Adelaide at the moment with how exciting they are to watch. We'll work through it systematically. So mm. the pump up we start with is Matty Nix. Yes. Fourth year coaches, you've said, came in, they weren't really producing much. There were some questions about if he was the right appointment. He's doing a fantastic job. Mm. I think we come for coaches too quickly in this industry, but then when they start to excel, we don't give them anywhere near enough credit. We start looking at the players and why. He needs a pat on the back because their evolution of their game plan and the way they're playing now suits Mm. that list down to the ground. So Matty Nix, we tip our cap to you here at the Footy Talk podcast. We do. And it's great whenever they show you, I guess, a shot of the box, he's always got a smile. He's, you know, he's putting It's a little bit of the Craig McRae. Yes, yeah. Allowed to be emotional, allowed to show you're enjoying what they're doing. And that's what you want to see. But every line from forwards, mids, backs, they're just, I guess, contributing equally across the three lines. But as a team, they're just gelling so well. And the way that they set up behind the footy on the weekend, it just did not allow St Kilda any easy access inside their forward 50. Um, unbelievable. Jordan Dawson as a leader as well, first-year captain. The Tex as well. Texan, kicking five. The Tex five. is probably, is he the same age as Nixie? <laughs> yeah, close to. <laughs> Comparable. Close to, but he's, you know, he's still kicking bags yeah. for this side and, and he looks like a new man as well this season with some of the youngsters that are running around his feet. But for him to kick five, um, you know, Rankin, Fogg, Pedler, they all kicked well, two as well. And they're the bottom end. They're the younger. Yeah. So we talk, go through the top and you get to Dawson who, again, we need to give a lot of credit to because mm. so many of us, and I put my hand up, I was one of them. When they said Jordan Dawson's our captain, I was sort of like, yeah. is this sort of part of what you promised him as a, a coming across from Sydney and was this part of the deal? I didn't see him evolving into the footballer that he is right now. I wasn't quite sure mm. what his skill sets was. So, again, you have to tip your cap and say, mate, you are absolutely killing it as a leader, setting the example, leading mm. from the front and carrying this side along with some others and the older blokes, but just setting a perfect example as a first-year captain. Their list profile now, the Adelaide so Crows. So good. You look at their older players and the experienced players that they've got, but then these young kids that are now getting 20, 30 games under their belt and starting to really lift. But it's quite unique for a side to have three captains all playing at the same time, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Like Tex Walker first, Rory Sloan second. Now Jordan Dawson um, at the helm this year as the the official captain. But to have that much leadership within this squad as well and ex-captains still running around there and, and producing week in, week out, it's a very good thing for the Adelaide Crows to have out there. There's a player, and I've just, I'm not being rude, I'm just going through my phone to try and think of his name. Mm. Michael Annie. Yes, Michael Annie. He is. Yeah. <laughs> he could be cast as like a, a country hick in like a show because he and with all due respects, but he sort of looks like a bit of a knockabout, mm. little scrawny little kid. He is a star. But that's what I mean. It's like, these players. He's a fine. It's these players that you you wouldn't necessarily, you know, know as superstars yeah. of the game, but they're just a, a solid. And then this is where it becomes comparable to the Pies. Yes. So you've got your stars and arguably the Crom have a bit more firepower up forward than what the Pies are rolling with. But these players like sort of like a John Noble at the Pies, Michael Annie at the Crom, just playing a role, but Mm. then also because of the environment and the game plan, excelling above what we thought they'd probably be able to produce. We're speaking here about Adelaide against Collingwood there. Where do you see Adelaide in the scheme of things? Because you look at their recent losses. They lost to the Cats at GMHBA Stadium, which nobody beats the Cats at. They should have beaten the Pies. They should have beaten the Pies. They should have been 10 goals up at half time. They lost that one by a point with 20 seconds to go. So you have to realistically have them in the same conversation. You do. And I think the sort of the trust that the Pies have earned is because they've done it for a long period of time. I think the Crows are starting to earn that trust that 
I think we all just expect that some week they'll have the big down week and get beaten by 10 goals and then get back on the horse. But mm. so far, so good that the fact that they aren't getting blown away when they do lose and they have been bloody competitive in every other game, it is absolutely awesome. And as I said in the intro, to score 14 goals from turnover. Yeah, that's brilliant. incredible. Against the Saints, who have done that so well against yep. other sides this season. So uh, big loss for the Saints, though. Obviously, Ross Lyon, his other couple of losses have only been by, what, six or seven points, whereas this one, uh, obviously... A big defeat at the hands of the Crows, so he'll go back to the drawing board, no doubt. We wander up the Sturt Highway. Yes. And we find ourselves in the beautiful little town of Port Adelaide. Yeah. What is in the water the over there? Highway. I don't know. That's the only... Is that in Adelaide? It's not that far. Yeah. yeah whatever. Alberton. Yeah, close enough. <laughs> I assume you'd go near a highway, and I assumed it was the Sturt one. Port Adelaide. Yep. They've pumped out six on the bounce. Mm. Absolutely brilliant. Go down to Tassie, Jason Horn francis match, and... I'm going to give their supporters a pump up, and which is something I didn't think I'd say after I first played against them uh, at Amy Stadium, yep. or Amy Park, or whatever yep, it was there. Was and there was some perspex that came over the top of the race in sort of a half, like a, a bullnose roof, if mm-hmm. you will, veranda. And I had to ask the players, the older players, what was that for? And they said, well, every now and then there's some wee thrown at you from the supporters. Oh. They wee in the cups and tipped it over. So yes. anyway, Port Adelaide. We'll go down there. The boos were coming for Horn Francis. Mm. But after quarter time, they were like, no, we won't stand for this. He's one of ours. We love him. So as soon as there was a boo, there was a cheer. Yeah. So by the end of the game, they the cheers, it. it was absolutely brilliant. So if that's what's going to happen, there's your answer. Yeah. That's how you solve the booing of a young player. This was built up massively last week, wasn't it? Jason Horn Francis coming up against North Melbourne. There's going to be biff. There's going to be fire. There was nothing. I was a, I was a touch disappointed. Were you? I, I, was. I loved it. Yeah. And I think that's a lot of Alastair Clarkson as well, going to his troops, Cam Zerha in particular, and just saying, guys, let's just not buy into this. Let's not buy into it. Everyone's expecting it. Everyone's wanting it. Let's let's not give Jason Horn Francis what he's expecting. Mm, okay. I'm slightly more old school that it... But it's just different. It's different yeah. because you're used to seeing that. Yeah. So, and and I've, as I said, I've, I've said all along, I don't begrudge the kid for going away, mm. but I think there's a real opportunity for a bit of psychological warfare and it might not have come in the first, don't maybe get him at the first centre bounce, yeah. but then from the centre, second one onwards. So sort of get inside his head. He's expecting it. It doesn't come and then get him with it when he doesn't expect it. Do you think it potentially did throw Jason Horn Francis well, early? Because he had, first one, was he had one handball horrible. to quarter yeah. time and then he came good after that. But he was probably expecting and maybe he's only a young kid. He's 19 years old. He might have worked it up in his head to be a bit bigger than what it was. It's hard not to. Mm. And as much as you try and play it down, you almost get caught up in turning it into by not giving it the credit it deserves. It's it's a really awkward one. And every player, we saw it with Josh Dunkley earlier in the season, he's like, I'm just so happy to get that behind me. So I'm sure sure for Jason that'll be the same. But we are pumping up Port Adelaide Mm. because they're flying. Six in in a row as well. Over in Adelaide, the, the South Australian... Listeners who we have a large portion of here on the Footy Talk podcast will be absolutely loving that. Well done to them. We'll talk about two of my old clubs because they do clash this week. Sunday, which is going to be a blockbuster. We'll keep it positive. So we'll start with the pies. How well are they going? How good was that? We've said it before. We've said it many times. Collingwood is everybody's second team this year. A lot to do with Craig McRae, a lot to do with the Dacos brothers, a lot to do with Steel Sight. They've just got so many... Darcy Moore and how he's carrying himself. Exactly right. They're such an exciting team to watch. And 
it's just different. I, I feel like they're playing with so much freedom and, and they're having fun, whereas a lot of sides in today's day and age, yep. there's so much pressure and, um, I guess, focus on them to have their heads down and just play footy, whereas the Pies are, are great. Um, Dacos, again, 41 touches. How good was Mason Cox as well? Um, and that's the – apart from the prelim final, that's yeah. the best game I've seen Mason play. His involvement – throughout and his positioning, his mm. ability to Matt Flynn just dominate him in the ruck, but he made really good decisions with the yeah. ball at times. He handballed it to players in better positions rather than making it all about him. He took that really big clunk yeah. going back where he stood over Harry Himmelberg. <laughs> and, uh, it was a, a first-rate game. And again, another player under Craig McRae yeah. who's getting the best and probably more out of himself from just being allowed to go and play footy. Yeah, 19 disposals, nine marks, four clearances, two goals. Mason is a very good friend of mine. Yeah. And obviously over the last kind of four or five years, I've seen him... I guess, have the ebbs and flows of being confident and then being flat, having zero confidence. Obviously, he had Nathan Buckley as a coach and had a, you know, a fine relationship with him. But since Craig has come in, he's just been able to get the best out of Mason Cox. And now he's so pivotal to their structure. Um, Obviously, in the start of the season, Collingwood were missing a lot of their tall options. But as soon as Mason Cox comes back into that side, he might not be the best player on the team, but he'll absolutely bloody compete hard in the air. He'll bring it to ground and and do the work, um, what you expect of him. But I need to give you a little bit of a secret. Do you have any hidden talents? Because Mason is an unbelievable baker. As in a cook. His carrot cake... Oh, my goodness. Right. It's the best thing I've ever tried. I'll believe it when I eat it. I'll um, bring one in. I'll, I, I'll get I him to make that. us one. But well done to Mason <laughs> because you're right. He's in an industry where we are pretty quick to clip people. And, um, again, Mason at times hasn't lived up to the yep. potential that we've seen or expected from him. He's going from strength to strength. So we love the pies, we love port, and we love Adelaide at the minute. Mm. A team that is starting to get the blowtorch well and truly put on them mm. is the Blues. Yeah. Tom Brown will be in next to talk all <laughs> things negativity oh. in the AFL world and all newsy things, but we'll touch on it first before he gets here. The Blues. I'm going half full on this. Okay. They're, when you look at the numbers and you break it down that way, you get their contested balls solid, mm-hmm. if not really good. Their clearances in games they're losing, really good. Their inside 50s equal, if not better. It's just the final piece the of the finish. puzzle is the kicking and the skill execution. But that's surprising, isn't it? Because you've got two Coleman medalists in there. You've got some quality small forwards. I just don't understand it. And their ball movement, it's so frustrating at the moment to watch Carlton. And I know we're going positive here. Yeah. But no, when we, can, we when, can go. Here, I'll put a positive spin on it, right? So when they get their quick ball movement going, the hands, they open up the central corridor, yeah. they hit one of their tools, you know, they give them the opportunity to have a one-on-one contest first and foremost with that speed on the ball. They look so good. But at the moment, it's like they're only rolling with that style of play when the game's gone and when it's already lost. So I just don't understand why we can see that in such a, a positive way, in the way that they do move and the And then footy. at times see but, it so contrasting. There. Yep. So how can it contrast so much? Uh, and that's what they need to figure out because if they are to turn this around, and I've gone, as I said, I'm very half full on this. I've gone through the rest of the season. I think they can get on a serious run yep. in the back end of the season. They've got some really winnable games. I think they can probably have another nine wins. If, yeah. And this is on the basis of they turn it around 
and start to finish because mm. sides in and around them that they should be beating, I think there's nine of them on the run home, which gets them 13 wins for the season, which should be enough to play finals. You hope so. And I, I really hope so. I worked both of their last you know, yep. round games, two rounds um, to end the season last year, and I was shattered for them yeah. because – They've got a really good list. They've got the talent to be playing finals footy. Unfortunately, it didn't unfold for them last year, but I hope that they do make the eight and play finals. And if they don't, um, then it's, yeah. I'd love them to embrace the pressure and be saying, you know what, we want to play finals because the messaging publicly at the minute saying, oh, we can still improve on the year if we don't mm. make finals. I think that just somehow can uh, seep into your psyche, your subconscious, rather than coming out and go, you know what, we 100% yeah. want it, and they do want to play finals. It's like That's just a, the narrative that they're talking. Come out and be open with it. Be bold with it. Say, we should be playing finals. We expect to play finals. We will play finals. And then all of a sudden you sort of get your chest your out, your shoulders back and, mm. you know, self-fulfilling prophecy sort of stuff that you go out there and you find a way to create that rather than going, yeah, you know, if we get there, it's good. But if yeah. we don't, no real issue. They've got a, a bit of a, I guess, thing about saying the F word, don't they? Yes. At the moment. Um, say finals. Say that is our expectation. That's what we want to do because for them to say, oh, if we don't, we'll get better, we'll get better. No, no, no. Have the expectation and actually verbalise it to one another because if you do, then ultimately anything else other than that is a bit of a fail. That is correct. You are listening to the Footy Talk podcast. If you're listening on the Apple Podcast, Spotify or Listener, please hit the like button and leave us a review. New episodes every day at lunchtime. Up next, Tom Brown, the Chief Executive News Breaking Superstar from the Channel 7 News Corporation will be in. He'll be talking MRO. He'll be talking everything blues. And he will be talking also a little bit of what's going on in Tassie. This is the Footy Talk Podcast. This is the Footy Talk Podcast for your Monday, your daily dose of footy, the latest news, interviews and analysis from the world of AFL. Abby Holmes still here, but walking in the studio, <laughs> chest out, shoulders Looking back, the prize number one nuff nuff, <laughs> and also the man behind Tom Brown's news podcast, it's Tom Brown. Good morning, Abs. Good morning, Good Daisy. Morning. Now, hey, let's discuss can I, this. No, can I please? Look at this. Oh, I know that this is a, a little uh, Louis audio. V. A little bit of Louis V for your Monday morning. That's Tara's. I've already oh, lost a few yeah, of hers, so I can't lose that one, Abs. Hmm. What about, we just briefly touched on it, will you share with the audience Tom Brown's news? We question <laughs> the name of it. But as a direct quote, you went with? I just said that some things are obvious, just like Air Jordan was obvious. <laughs> Tom Brown's news is an obvious name. I'm not comparing myself to the most illustrious sporting history character uh, and figure yeah, in perhaps world sporting history. <laughs> well, I'm just saying that some things are obvious. Tom Brown's news. It certainly sounded like you were comparing yourself to <laughs> the GOAT. Now, there is lots of news, as always, on a Monday floating around. We were talking just before the break about the Blues. That's where you want to pick off? You want to start with the Blues today. Daisy, I feel some of this attention on the Blues is self-inflicted. Insofar as last week... They riled up the supporters. Yep. They frustrated the supporters uh, by that interview. It was Chera when he said that um, missing the finals wouldn't be the end of the mm, world. Yeah. That got everyone fizzed up. And then by Friday, one of the Blues' biggest benefactors and an influential figure, you can't discount what Bruce Matheson says, came out and said the board was weak, said that Michael Voss had coppered in the neck and uh, basically said they'd missed out on Ross because of one club director that mm. had opposed the appointment of Ross Lyon. So that brought up a lot of issues on Friday. And then it culminated in this 20-point loss 
on Saturday night against the Bulldogs. In the first half, they missed some absolute sitters. Yep. Um, easy me saying that. Interested in your view, Abby and Daisy, on those. And the second half, frustrated Blues fans further by playing positive football. I don't think this is as bad as everyone makes out at the moment, but the next four weeks, my point last night on the news, will determine where all this goes, certainly from a finals perspective. Their narrative in and around most of the messaging, I feel, needs to – I'm not sure who's running the sort of media spin down there, but I feel that that needs a change, to your point. We touched on the yeah. it's okay if we miss finals. Hate, Hate that it. as a narrative. Hate it. And we are talking, you know, we expect to play finals. We will play finals. We've got full belief. Just the, the That way, should be the language. And that's it. And that's sort of – you start to believe it, even if you don't, essentially, or yeah. you're slightly worried. You, you find a way to make it happen. Then, obviously, the supporters and saying there was positives in the game, which there are. When we talked about just before, you know, you contested ball, you're inside 50s, but the supporters don't want to hear that. They don't, you can have that discussion behind closed doors with they the players. Wins. Come out and say, look, we're disappointed again. We're doing a lot of things right, but ultimately we're disappointed we weren't able to get the job done. It was interesting this morning. Buck came out and said that uh, he knows Michael Voss, of course, best from when yep. Voss, he was a triple premiership, I think, captain of the Lions. Mm. He said, be combative, be yourself. Daisy, you would have seen this at Carlton, obviously with Mick and a few guys. Sometimes people under pressure can sort of feel like they've got to be all things to all people. Now, I know Mick sort of stuck to his guns. Maybe Vossi should go down that path. What do you think of that? And I think that would be fine. Be unapologetic yourself. Yeah, that's why we love Vossi. Yeah. He was hard. He was tough. He was unrelenting in his expectation of being a competitor and winning. And if he's not seeing that, that's why Blues fans were so pumped with Michael mm. Voss at the start because that was their expectation of where the standards would get to. And, and that's where you would think that Michael Voss would be, yep. as you said, his playing career into it, what he's done as a coach as well. But I know that times have changed and there's so much of an added emphasis on the mental health of players and you don't see as many absolute sprays like we used to 10, 15, 20 years ago. But... The expectation on Carlton for me, for you, for, for the football community is that they play finals in 2023. Vocalise it. Talk the F word. For some reason, they're just saying, it's not the end of the world if we don't make it. Well, but at the end of the day, it is. Significantly, Brad Lloyd, the football boss, spoke well, I thought. I think it was on uh, radio yesterday, SEN, and basically said that finals is the expectation. He gave a strong endorsement of Brian Cook, who is one of the best CEOs yep. in the competition. We know that that was a coup by the club getting him. He spoke very highly of the president, Luke Sayers, who is one of Melbourne's top businessmen. I know, obviously, he's been criticised over the, the Ross Lyon appointment or lack thereof, but that's a separate issue, and uh, and gave a strong endorsement of the list, saying we've got the resources at Carlton, we've got the list, we've got the structure to make the finals, and they've firmly put that on the agenda, and it starts mm-hmm. with Collingwood this weekend. Which will be an absolute blockbuster. We've seen teams who have had a few of their stars out really struggle uh, in terms of what they're able to put out with a few of the better players removed. The Ds have got some concerns. Yeah, Christian Petrarca had scans yesterday morning on his foot or his ankle, and usually Christian's pretty talkative at scans, although I must admit... Um, Were you there in I person? wasn't there. Well, and, that's why he wasn't talking. And Daisy, I used to do this to Daisy all the time, chasing around the car park. <laughs> These days, I don't have to do as much of that. I can. Under, Christian just said, "You know what, guys? I, you know, I think he said something to the effect it was Mother's Day. Don't be chasing me down the street with the camera." Anyway, the, my point is that Christian didn't speak yesterday morning on that. So hopefully, all's good today. Melbourne indicate that it is. Petty is a concern for mine. They've been throwing him up forward as well, just experimenting, I think, obviously, with mm. McDonald and um, Brown out of the side. So Petty's a concern, I think, even a bigger concern with his foot.
North Melbourne has been in the news again for all the wrong reasons. Really uncompetitive down there in Tasmania. The honeymoon period seems to be over with Alistair Clarkson. And now this week, it seems as if Taron Thomas will be back in and around the club and available for selection. No, he's, well, he's back at the club. Not available for training selection. with the seniors. But my understanding is he won't be available for senior selection. Okay. Well, I should say it won't be playing in the seniors this Sunday. So this weekend, I should say. But yeah, he's, he'll be important for the North Melbourne. Davies Uniac has obviously a hamstring injury, which is another blow for North. It was interesting. I'll be interested in both your views on this. David King showed vision last night of Zerhar and a few players not chasing as hard on some of the vision uh, over the weekend. Is that easy to isolate? Like players, if you run all day, surely you'll get tired. Or is there actually issues there, do you think, from a, an effort perspective? I think when you want to create some vision and a narrative, you can find whatever you, you find want throughout two hours of football yeah. to mount a case. And that's whether or not you wanted to go after a Brownlow medalist, Marcus Bontempelli, who's been an absolute star at the Western Bulldogs mm. this season. If you wanted to show a clip of him being lazy, at some stage throughout the two hours you could. I think you can certainly create the narrative. But again... They're painting the picture that the lack of want and effort consistently is what becomes an issue at North Melbourne. They're good enough for a quarter and a half, for two quarters, but then it falls away to the extent they're able to show, and that's the reason why they're getting touched I don't, up. I don't think you can ever go up against players and whatnot with a lack of effort call. I mean, sometimes it comes across like that, yes, but players don't go out there to not give 100%. They want to give everything yeah. that they've got the entire time. But, yeah, as you said, sometimes it might seem as though they're not going 100% and um, might be a little bit flat on a particular play. But, yeah, I don't it's, think you can ever fault the effort of the players. It's more a switch off mentally. Yes. Yeah. You sort of get into the game, you are fatigued, and then you sort of go, oh, oh you're a half a yard yeah. behind. You're a half a second too late at off reacting to someone who's going to get ahead ball receive where you're sort of wandering going, there's my man, I've got him. Oh, he's gone. Mm. So it's, it's that sort of thing, the application, and that's the good teams don't do that. They don't have the don't little mental off. lapses that other teams do. They don't have it for 10 seconds. They don't have it for five minutes because the modern game, if you do do that, that's when you get four or five goals piled on you and that's your game done. I know we're week to week, day to day in football, but I do think, and I'm interested in your views on this, guys, we've been sucked into a short-term narrative on Alistair Clarkson. I wouldn't underestimate Alistair Clarkson either. He's looking at each one of these games, at every player's effort, at every yep. play, mm. thinking, do and I need him? Do I need him? I've got to go and get him. Some of these blokes are going to are going to cop it and won't be there next year. So to the North players that if they are selecting what they do, I wouldn't be doing that in front of Clarko. He's there long term, and I, I've mm. seen his list presentations when he used to give them to select groups of journalists at Hawthorne. He yeah. knows what he's doing. He's a master. He's, I don't think he's we not should. Not going to take any prisoners. We shouldn't be surprised at them getting beaten too. No. They overachieved with their first two wins of the season. Everyone's like, "How good is this? Can they play final?" It's just such a stupid narrative to be going down that path <laughs> when realistically they are in the bottom four sides in everyone's expectation mm. at the start of the year. So that's where they find themselves now. Uh, the fixture, always a big oh, one. When will yes. this be finalised? Because Abs needs to figure out which way around the country she's <laughs> going for. The... a lot, Abs. I'd I like your hardest working woman in football. My Have you got gold status on your frequent flyers? Platinum, Tom. Tom Brown, do your research. Most had that lost that during COVID. I'm impressed by that. Now, the fixture will be released later this week. Um, the issue that uh, Fox 7 and the AFL will be grappling with just early this week is the prime time slots, Ooh. as we know in, in prime Need time. Need to be careful mm. here. Thursday, Friday night, and obviously that Sunday 3 o'clock slot. And obviously Fox wants some of the, the great games as well. They pay a huge amount of money as well. So basically, the question I've got for you guys is if you had to punt on either St Kilda, Sydney or Carlton to now make the eight, 
who, if you were the boss of Fox or the boss of Seven Sport, you're sitting in the big office this morning, who are you backing in a couple of those primetime slots to get up and going? I'm still going the Blues. Likewise. Uh, yes, the Blues there to make the eight. But as well, I'd be looking at what Adelaide are doing too and the way that they're playing. So that's something that you could look at for a primetime um, slot as well, but they're probably the two that I'd have a watch on um, as, as potentials to come into that eight. I had a look at the Swans last night. They're an interesting one because I reckon they could, they could, and I know they didn't perform very well against Fremantle over the weekend, win four of the next five, but they they clearly need McCartan back, Tom McCartan. They're not going to get Paddy McCartan back, unfortunately, anytime soon. I think Rampy could be back yep. soon, uh, which would be massively uh, helpful, but Mills was a big loss on the weekend mm. and McDonald's also in a degree of doubt. So they've got terrible injury concerns. Sydney, having said that, solves and killed her throughout the season and Oh, I shouldn't bring this up. The Pies still have injuries, guys. Like, they're still missing... Um, <laughs> I'm serious. They're missing Darcy Cameron, they're missing uh, Jeremy Howe, and they're missing Lipinski. They're like mm. three of their best, say, 10 or 15 players. So... Yeah, injuries, you can't always use them as excuses. My point, Daisy's just having a little bit of it. No, I, I fully enjoy that. Um, that's all. Newsy, worthy, MRO. We will touch on that. Now, touch on the MRO. This is usually Jay-Z's. This is why it's in because Jay-Z, yeah. he, he was 100%. I think he's dropped a little bit the last couple of weeks. He said Van Royen would get three, he got two, and then he got off. So, Oh, he gets one wrong and you go after him. Have a listen hey, to him. This is the industry. He comes after players <laughs> he, after he one does, bad game. I'm going after him. Push so Jay-Z, be better. <laughs> a couple of funny ones, and I do enjoy this sort of space. Mm. Nathan Murphy charged with misconduct for dacking Aaron Cadman. <laughs> dacking. Pulled his bum, like, pants Pulled right his down, pants down, exposed Thomas his crack. butt crack He in could front have of disguised it a little bit better as well. He was already down, <laughs> and then he reached up for the old... I, I think ducking is overreach. I know the AFL don't mind issuing the old please explains, but dacking, I should say, is overreach. Yeah. Cripper uh, <laughs> got $1,000 for pulling Bailey hey, Smith's mullet. I don't like this. I think that's a little... That's fun. You know what I mean? And He's just having a little tug. He tugged on it. He wasn't, like, trying he to rip his hair out. He wasn't ripping his hair out. Yeah, so we don't want our players to become robots and to not have any personality or any little moments like this. So. Can I just ask you a quick football one on Paddy Cripps, Daisy yes. and Abby? Um, I thought Libba shut down Cripps at the stoppages on Saturday night quite well and then Smith ran quite well off Cripps and that's the second week in a row because Dunkley outran Cripps the week mm. before. So Cripps is obviously, he's a Brownlow medalist but you just got to use him in a certain way, is that right? Yeah, you do. You have to find ways to continue to have his involvement in the game because that's the the game is take away your opposition strengths. So for Carlton around the ball, it's Paddy Cripps. Offensively, then it goes to Sam Walsh and up forward, it's the two big guys. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see Paddy Cripps playing mm. a little more in the forward line. If he is getting like tags, that. try and drift forward and expose. Because if you've got a yeah. liber on you and you take him forward, Good luck. And on the, on the contrary, that's credit to the opposition sides and the way that they've kind of been able to come in and nullify him and his strengths. So, yeah, it's a credit to them. Hey, thank you very much for coming in. That is lots of news. If you want any more news around today or anything else, jump on the Tom Brown News podcast. It is on the Listener app. This, of course, is the Footy Talk podcast. If you've got a question, jump on the Instagram at footytalk underscore pod, TikTok at footytalkpod. This has been a massive addition. Tomorrow, Joey and Rui with lots, lots more. Have yourselves a wonderful week. Listener.